theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back after Pesach. We begin a new semester of learning Chesidus. And today we begin a new mimer by the Rebbe Ditzemach Tzedek of the Sefer called Derech Mitzvah which is one of the foundational works of Chabad Chassidus, authored by the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rebbe Nachemendel of Lubavitch. He was a grandson of the Balatanya, the founder of Chabad. He's known as the Rebbe de Tzemach Tzedek. He was born the day before Rosh Hashanah, Tovkuf Memtes, 1789. He passed away the 13th of Nisan, Tov Reish Chavav, 1866. His mother was Rebbe Tzendevarileo, who was a daughter of the Balatanya. And his wife, Rebbe Tzenchayimushka, was also a daughter of the Mittler Rebbe, the second Chabad Rebbe. So he succeeded the Mittler Rebbe as the third leader in the Chabad dynasty, both as a grandson of the Balatanya and as a son-in-law of the Balatanya's son, the Mittler Rebbe. He wrote many, many works, both in Halacha and Nigla, as well as in Kabbalah and Chsidus and philosophy. Prolific, prolific writer. And much of his most of his writings were burnt. They were burnt in a big fire in the city of Lubavitch, where he lived in Belarus. But still, there remain from him around, uh, I think, uh, 50 or 60 volumes that are published. This is the famous set of Tzemach Tzedek, his Chidushim on Shas, and his response in Halacha. And then there's a set called Er HaTayra, his Maimarim, and a sefer called Derech Mitzvah Secha, Sefer HaMitzvah, in which he explains many of the 613 mitzvahs from the Hasidic perspective, which means explaining the internal soul, the psychological, spiritual, uh, emotional dimension of the mitzvahs as the divine blueprint for the world and the divine blueprint for life. Today's class was dedicated anonymously, dedicated anonymously in the merit of myself and my siblings that we should find a shidduch bekarav. Amen. May God find for you and your siblings help you find your your soulmate speedily and and create beautiful and everlasting homes filled with joy and happiness and love and all the blessings in the world. I also want to dedicate today's class to a mechutin of mine who passed away this past Shabbos, Rabbi Yoske Sasanke, Harav Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, but Rabbi Asher, Zichrena Lavracha Sasanke, who was a relative of mine, a mechutin of mine, and a very, very special Jew, real chassid, a man who radiated so much love and laughter and joy and light. So we begin a, uh, a new maimer from the Tzamech Tzadik, and you can open up the source sheets. It's Derech Mitzvah Sechadav Chavches, page 28, and on the yeshiva.net you have the source sheet, Isr Sinas Yisrael, or Mitzvah Avas Yisrael. It's prohibition against hating a Jew and the mitzvah of loving a Jew. And it's, of course, connected to the parsha as he begins, Kedoshim. It becomes from parsha's Kedoshim. Shaloi listna lechaveri. The Torah says, do not hate your friend. Shenema loisisna esachichabolvavach. The Torah says, do not loathe, do not despise, do not hate your brother in your heart. Vayikra yutes yudzayin. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17. And then there's a second mitzvah, a positive mitzvah. Le'ov kaladam yisrael shenema v'avta l'recha kamoicha vayikra yutes yudches. To love every Jew. As the Pasuk says, you should love your fellow like yourself. This is the next verse, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. So we have two mitzvahs. One mitzvah is a negative one, against animosity. Do not carry hatred in your heart. And as the Rambam explains in the Laws of Ethics, chapter 6, that this is not a mitzvah, this is not telling you not to share with your brother when you're upset at him. On the contrary, 
then you, that's exactly what you should do. You should not harbor hatred and animosity and resentment in your heart. Don't walk around feeling this negativity. Rather, confront him or confront her. Talk to them about it. In other words, you have to deal with it. Extricate the hatred, but carry it in my heart. That's what the Torah says. And the second mitzvah is the positive one, to love every single Jew. That's how Machsadeh begins to explain. This mitzvah is going to basically take us into a, take us on a journey to understand what is this mitzvah of loving every single Jew like you love yourself. Is it possible? What does it mean? Why should I love another person like I love myself? And he's going to really explore the soul, the pnimius, the nister, the inner soul of what this mitzvah is. There's a story in Masechus Shabbos, Daflamer Aleph, Shabbos 31, that a non-Jew came, he wanted to convert, and he came to Shammai, and he asked Shammai to teach him the whole Torah while he's standing on one leg. And Shammai rejected him, so he came to Hillel, and Hillel said, what you dislike to be done to you, do not do to your friend. This is the whole Torah. Everything else is commentary. Now go study the commentary. This is what Hillel told this man, and indeed he converted to Judaism, and he became a full-fledged Jew. And the Tzemach Tzadik says, But really, it's not so understandable. I can understand that you can encapsulate all the mitzvahs relegating civility, the mitzvahs between one person and another person, you could say it's all encapsulated by that statement. What you dislike to be done to you, don't do it to anybody else. I don't want somebody to lie to me, I don't want somebody to steal from me, I don't want somebody to hurt me or insult me or denigrate me, and therefore I should not do that to you. So all the mitzvahs that govern the relationship, the proper relationship between people, is encapsulated in this message. What you don't like to be done to you, don't do to anybody else. But what about all of the numerous mitzvahs that deal with the relationship between man and Hashem? How are those mitzvahs represented by this statement, what you dislike to be done to you, don't do to anybody else? In other words, how can Hillel say that love is the whole Torah and everything is a commentary on love? That's not true. What does not eating on Yom Kippur have to do with love? What does putting on film have to do with love? What does celebrating Shabbos have to do with love? What does tzitzis or mezuzah or kashras have to do with love? What I don't like to be done to me, I will not do to you. The golden rule, I got it. How is that connected to tefillin? How is that connected to so many mitzvahs of Judaism between man and God, between a human being and God? So what did Hillel mean? Everything is a commentary. Everything is a commentary on love. It doesn't, mean, seem, that it doesn't seem to be accurate. Or Bifrat especially, Shaboyiz Baruch Ksiv by Hashem, it says, is a verse in Job, in Eiv, chapter, chapter 35, Eiv Lamed, hey Even if you're righteous, what are you going to give him? What are you going to do for God? In other words, you may answer and explain that Hashem is also a friend. Pasuk says, Don't neglect your friend and your father's friend. It refers to Hashem. As Rashi brings over there, Masechus Shabbos, one of the interpretations. So what you dislike to be done to you, don't do to your friend, refers also to God. But the Tzemach Tzedek says, even that's so inaccurate. Because what can I do for God? Can I hurt God? Can I help God? If God is ultimate perfection and infinity. So therefore, you can't even say it means... What you dislike to be done to you, don't do to Hashem. He says, because you're not really doing anything to him, it would seem. It's said and it's brought in Svarim from the Arizal. The Arizal taught 
that before davening, a person should say, I accept upon myself the mitzvah of loving every Jew like myself. Why do I say that before davening? I don't accept other mitzvahs before davening. I don't say I accept myself before davening the mitzvah of uh, not wearing uh, shatnas, woolen linen, or other mitzvahs. So obviously, this mitzvah is a foundation in the service of God. It's not just a foundation, it's a yesoid gadol. It's an extraordinary, fundamental, foundational element that has to precede davening. Ullahoven and Yana to understand the, the nature, the theme of this mitzvah. This is what the Samasadik is going to explain. What is the real, ultimate, true meaning of this mitzvah of loving another Jew and the prohibition against hating another Jew? Aleph. The Arizal, Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, Rabbi Isaac Luria, was one of the greatest Kabbalists in Jewish history. He lived in the 16th century. He passed away in 1572 in Svas. His name was Rabbi Yitzchak Luria. One of his Svarim is called Taimei HaMitzvahs, the reasons for mitzvahs. And it's also follows the Parshish. So Parshish Kedoshim that Rizal says, V'zel a quote. V'zel means this is the language verbatim. K'kol Yisrael soyed guf echot shal nishmas adam Rizal introduces an idea. And the idea is that all of Yisrael, all of the Jewish people, are essentially part of a secret. Soyed, on a deeper level, secret here means it's, the, it's a deeper mystical idea. That they are all part of guf echad. They are all one guf, one organism, one body of the soul of Adam. He doesn't mean it's physically one body. In science, there's a term called superorganism. I think they call uh, uh, ant, colonies of ants, superorganism. Why? Because an organism is, I have my body, but you have your body. So it's two separate organisms. A superorganism means you can have a million ants in a colony or millions of ants in a colony, and yet they work in perfect synchronization as though they would have been one organism, just like your body works in perfect harmony and synchronization, and that's essential to life because if not, a person couldn't live. All of the limbs and the organs and all aspects of the body have to work in perfect symmetry and harmony. If not, there would be absolute chaos which would endanger a person's life moment to moment. But that's only true with my own organism. My body, my brain doesn't tell your brain how to work. It's two separate people. But there's a concept called superorganism, which means you can have a million bodies, a million different ants, lahavdal, and yet they're working in perfect synchronization as though it would have been one body, one organism. It's a fantastic idea. It's a fascinating idea. So Kabbalistically, he says, Kol Yisrael, all of the Jewish people are really, it's a superorganism. It's a guf echad. It's one body of the soul of Adam Arisha. The soul of Adam, it's one entity, it's one soul. And that soul includes and encompasses Kol Yisrael. This is a quote from that reason. As is known by us, as is known in our works. Because he elaborates on this in a Sefer, the Book of Incarnation, Chapter 1 and 2. And every single Jew is an individual limb. Just like in an organism, you have different limbs and they're part of, they're all part of the same body. So he says all the souls, all the Jewish people are part of Adam's soul. Each one is their own unique dimension. And this is why there is a concept in Judaism called arvus. Arvus means we are guarantors for each other. The Gemara says in Masechah one person is a guarantor for the other. 
if a, another person, if another person sins, if another person is doing the wrong thing, it's not just, I say, it's none of my business. Do whatever you want. It doesn't work that way. We're connected. We're, we're, we, we need to communicate with each other. We're responsible for each other. Why? Why? What's our connection? He says our connection is because it's like limbs in a body. The writer of this book was Rabbeinu Chaim Vital, Rabbi Chaim Vital. He was the student of the Ariza. So he says, that's why my teacher goes through all the confessions. He confesses for all the sins. And the obvious question is, anybody who knew the Ariza knew that you're talking about a Malach Elikim. This was a man of flesh and blood, but who was uh, completely divine. He was completely in tuned. When I say divine, I mean completely in tuned with the divine. He was like an angel, Dariza. So why is he confessing for all these sins? So Reb Chaim Vital says, because he was very cognizant of the fact that all of the Jewish people are one organism. They're one goof. So therefore, he's not just talking about his own personal life. There is an interconnectivity. We're all connected horizontally and vertically. These are the words of Taimi HaMitzvah's Parashas G'dayshim. So now the Tzemach Tzedek says, let's explain. Adam, the first person, Adam, was a collective soul that encompassed all of the souls of Yisrael. All of the souls are included in his soul. Besides the souls that are going to be born after the resurrection of the dead, as discussed in Sefer Gilgulim chapter 6, those are completely new souls, new souls. They come from after, after Tchis Mesa. But till then, all the souls are part of Adam's soul. His soul encompassed all of them. Some souls are from the head. Some souls are from the arm. Some souls are from the leg. Some souls are from the chest, from the heart. Obviously, metaphorically speaking. But every soul, just like the body, has so many different aspects. But in every single part of the body, you have what we call today the DNA of the body. The code, the genetic code that's in every single cell. In every single cell of the trillions of cells in the body, you have the genetic code. So Adam's soul encompassed all the souls of Israel. Some were connected to the head, some were connected to the arm. Adam, And that's why he's called Adam. Adam comes from the word Adam Elyon. Adam Elyon means, I'm a mirror of the one above. Adama. I'm comparable, comparable, like doima, similar. Adam Elyon. The, the literal reason why Adam is called Adam, the Torah says, because Adama, it comes from the word earth, Adam, Adama. But the Shalah already says that Adam is Adam Elyon. Now the words Adam Elyon come from the Vuchadnetzar. Vuchadnetzar, who was very arrogant, said, El al-Bamasi of Adam Elyon. I'm going to rise to the greatest heights. I'm going to rise to the clouds and I'm going to be like God. But here it's used in a very positive form. That Adam is Adam al He's a reflection of the alien, of the higher one, of the higher reality. 
כי הוא בחינס כלולס, ונמשך בבחינס אדם דלאלה שכל יוצפידס ובחינס פרצוף. Because Hashem is the source of life for everyone. He's not the source of life for some of creation and not part of the not other create not another part of creation. He includes everything. So when you say Adam Adam Elyon, Adam is not just connected to certain souls. Adam is a soul that encompasses all the souls. Because Adam's soul comes from what's called Adam de Laela, the higher, the metaphysical Adam, which basically encompasses all of the ten spheres, all of the ten divine emanations. Keser, and Chachma, and Bina, and Chesed, Gvurit, Tiferes, Netzach, Haid, Yisait, Malchus. All of the ten animations are encompassed in Adam, that's the divine Adam, Hashem's persona, so to speak, God's uh, transcendent physique, physique, I don't mean a physical physique, I mean a transcendent physique that includes ten spheres, and Adam's soul is a reflection of that. So therefore, Adam's soul includes all Yisrael. The Torah says, Yisrael. God says, Yisrael is my firstborn son, my child. It's explained elsewhere. He's going to use some Kabbalistic references here, but he's going to explain. This Adam Delayl, Adam Delayl again is the higher Adam, the way Hashem is called Adam because he includes all the ten emanations in the Cheskel is called Adam Ha'elyon. I saw the Adam Ha'elyon, the great Adam, the higher Adam on the throne. Shubchines Shem Ma Detikun. It represents the name of Yud Kevavke when it's spelled out Yud, Yud Vav Dalad, Hey Aleph, Vav Aleph, Vav Aleph, Vav Hey Aleph, it's 45. It makes up the numerical value of 45. Yud Vav Dalad, Hey Aleph, Vav Aleph, Vav Hey Aleph. You spell it Hashem's name. It's made 45. So it's Shem Ma Detikun. This is known as the name of 45 of the world of Tikkun integration. Where the ten spheres encompass each other, they're integrated with each other. Chesed encompasses Gvura, and Gvura encompasses Chesed, etc. In other words, all the ten are integrated. Just like in an organism, everything is interconnected. Mashenkin betoyu. Unlike in the world of Toyu, in Kabbalah there is the world known as Toyu, the world of chaos. There were also ten spheres, but they were separate, each one below the other. This type of integration comes from what's known in Kabbalah as Shem Ma, the name of Hashem of 45, because there's different ways in which you can write out Yud Hei Vav Hei, and it turns into different numbers, 45, 52, 63, 72. Ma, Ban, Sag, and Av. Now, we're not getting here into these details. We discussed it at another Maimah, if you remember. But here the point is that the name 45, which is rooted in the Mitzchah, in the forehead of Adam, in Kabbalah, it's known as Mitzchah, the Adam Kadman, the forehead, the Metzach of Adam Kadman, is Ein Seif, it's infinite, and it encompasses all the worlds, all the evolutions, all the developments, all of the levels, and all of the details. Everything comes from you. Kimimcha Akoil, it says in Chronicles, Divri Hayamim Aleph Chavtes, 
chapter 29 of Chronicles. So even after they emerge and each one becomes independent, there is still a synthesis and a harmony between all of them. Because since the Eid Saif includes everything, so it's like, for example, a mother. A mother has a child, but the child doesn't begin as an independent entity. First, its fetus develops within mom, and the mom carries the child. And then there is birth, and then she may give birth to other children. But ultimately, the entire family began where? It began in the womb of the mother. It began in the seed of the father and the egg, and ultimately womb of the mother. So even after the children are born, they're not separate, they're all connected. We call it a family. Why is it a family? Everyone is on their own, because they're not on their own. They are on their own. Hopefully they're on their own to some degree. But on another level, they're also, they realize we're connected. So since, since everything comes from the Ein Saif, everything comes from infinity, everything comes from Hashem Mimcha, so even after each one emerges to do its own thing, it still feels its interconnectivity with everything else. The greatest argument for world unity, the one argument for unity of civilization is the concept that we have one source, that we really have one source, if not what makes us connected. Our connection is only superficial because we want to be civil with each other. In order to have a normal society, you have to treat me with respect, I have to treat you with respect. But the real concept of oneness, the argument that we are really connected, is that we come from one source. This is what it says in Zoya. The name Ma, again, Ma is a formulation of Yud and He and Vav and He, which is the tetragrammaton, God's name. The word, the name Ma is Eirech Hatzilus. It's the path of Hatzilus. What do we mean? Eirech is in Hebrew a pathway. Like we say in, in Tehillim. Yasis kegibar lorutz Eirach. Eirach. It's like somebody who's running a marathon. An Eirach is a path. A path connects two separate places. That's what a path is, right? path from one city that goes to another city, from one neighbor to another neighbor. So the Zoyer says, Iu Eirach Hatzilus. The Shema is the path of Hatzilus, which means it connects all different entities into one. Al derech Based on this, we can now understand the concept of Neshama Yisrael, of Jewish souls. Shem koima shleima biyachad. That together, they create a koima shleima. A koima shleima means a complete structure. Koima is height, a complete posture. When you're standing in your full erect posture, you're called koima. Koima means your height. You're standing erect with your full height, your full posture. So the Jewish people are a koima shleima. They are a complete organism. Why? Because it's one soul. It's the soul of Adam, which encompasses all of the souls. The soul of Adam basically is a neshama klolis. It's a collective soul. And every single soul of Israel is an aspect of that soul. So it's really all one soul. I, the soul, has different dimensions, just like the body. There's 248 distinct organs. It's true. But take a body. 
all the organs are integrated with each other. That's what klulim means. They're all part of one cloud. They're all part of one collective. The example for this would be a physical organism. Shagam Even though a physical organism in order to live is divisible. What do we mean divisible? Divisible means it has many different divisions. Hischalkus means it has distinct parts. There is a complete, complete division in the form of the organs. There's Rosh, there's Raglayim, there's Yadayim, there's Tzipurnayim. You have the head, you have the legs, you have the hands, and then you have even the nails. Of course, he can go through all the details, but he's just giving an example. <coughs> if the head and the nails become confused, if the heart and the head become confused, if the kidney and the liver and the pancreas and the torso and the chest and the heart become confused with each other and the ears and the nose and the eyes, there'll be absolute chaos. The confusion will wreak havoc. There is a structure. There's a head. There's a brain. There's hands. There's legs. And there's nails. And each one serves a function. And each one is different. It has its own distinct look. It has its own distinct chemistry. It has its own distinct cellular makeup that allows it to function in the way it's supposed to function, to contribute to the health and to the longevity of the body. True. Absolutely. That doesn't mean there's division. That doesn't mean there's fragmentation. That doesn't mean there's machloikas. There's a difference between hischalkos and machloikas. Machloikas means strife. Hischalkos means distinct identities. Very big difference. Every single limb, every single organ is deeply and intimately connected with every other limb and organ. To the point that you talk about it as one singular body, one singular organism. From the real perspective of the brain, the brain doesn't see it as separate things that happen to live in one house. (laughs) That's not the idea. It's one that is manifested in many different ways. Each part of the body has its function. And the truth is, you know, as a doctor once told me, I went to see a doctor. So he once told me, he says, you want to see God, you study the body. You want to see the Rebbeinah, in his words, you want to see the Rebbeinah, you study your body. Look what happens in your body. The body is made up of approximately 70 trillion cells. Some say 50 trillion, some say 100 trillion. But when you get to the number 50, you'll figure out if it's 50 trillion or 60 trillion or 70 trillion or 80 trillion. Just think about that number. Trillion. Not million, <laughs> not billion, 50 trillion cells. And each cell, each cell is responsible for a certain element of the body. And they're all working in perfect harmony and synchronization to be able to ensure the health of the body. And the brain, every single millisecond, needs to make millions and billions and billions and billions of decisions for the body to work in perfect harmony, for all of the nine biological systems to work to, to work in symmetry and synchronization so that all of the functionality of the body should continue. And this is true about every single organism. You're talking about insects. You're talking about rodents. You're talking about reptiles. Never mind fish and birds and mammals. And of course, the human organism, the most sophisticated brain. So on one hand, every limb... <coughs> Is distinct. On the other hand, 
each one is completely integrated and interconnected with the other. In the arm, you have the life force that's connected to the leg through the veins and the arteries and the nerves that travel from one to the other. This is not a disconnected machine. You have different parts of the machine. This is one machine completely connected with each other through the incredible wiring, the cells, the nerves, the arteries, the veins, the sinews that connect the central nervous system and travel to every single limb and organ of the body. It's true with all the limbs. And that's why sometimes you heal one limb by working on another one. What's the connection? <laughs> back, my back hurts. Work on my back. My head hurts, my heart hurts. Sometimes you work on one limb and he says, I de Blood la cause is bloodletting. Bloodletting from another limb. Because the blood is not functioning in one space. The blood is a river that flows throughout the entire body. Every single moment the blood is flowing and traveling, bringing the oxygen and the nutrients to every single part of the body and then returning again to its source, getting oxygenated and then traveling again. So there's the Eruv HaDomim, all the blood is integrated. The reason there is synchronization in all the limbs and in the life of all the limbs is because really it's one life, because it's really one. It's not that. It's different parts, but they get along with each other. No, the brain is one, and the brain encompasses every single aspect of the body. It's one. There's the general life force that includes everything. And that is what shines. That is what is manifested in the brain. That's what the brain carries. The brain is not responsible for one part of the body. The entire body is in the brain. Every single aspect that happens in your body is included in the mayach. The mayach, the brain guides it, the brain directs it, the brain governs it. The brain is the source for it. The brain experiences it. And then each one assumes its own unique function but it's all rooted and originated in the central nervous system beginning in the brain. Everything is in the brain. He encompasses everything. This is the concept, Hiyuli. Uh, Hiyuli is actually a Greek word, but it's used a lot in Jewish philosophy. Hiyuli is hylic energy. Hylic energy means an energy that is ultimately a potential that then develops develops and branches out into many details. So he says the brain has everything in a way of hiuli. Everything is in the brain. And then it branches out and it assumes a distinct identity in its part of the body. And that's what's so incredible about the human brain. And after thousands of years, I mean recently neuroscience has achieved tremendous, tremendous success in figuring out a lot of things, but still we realize how much infinite wisdom there is in the the brain that we're completely not cognizant of. And every few months, there's another major discovery about what the human brain is. 
what that brain, that little jello in your, in your, in your skull that weighs, I don't know, two pounds and three pounds. What's in that brain? It's just, it's beyond. It's beyond, it's beyond human comprehension. And all of this begins with one cell. <laughs> this entire miracle of the human being begins with one cell that then it develops and replicates and copies itself. And yet each cell ultimately assumes its own unique function. But there is a complete integration because essentially it's coming from one source. And the Tzemach Tzedek continues. And that's why the brain feels all the pain in all the 248 organs. And for the brain, if there's a pain in the hand or a pain in the foot, pain in the pinky, even a pain in the nail, the brain experiences. The brain doesn't say, oh, who are you? I don't know you. If you're a brain, you're connected to everything in the body. You don't say, oh, it's none of my business. Go go find yourself your own brain. <laughs> then you're not a brain. If you're a brain, you feel the pain of every single part of the body. You don't say, oh, this is a leg. Who needs it? This is a hand. Who needs it? This is just a nail, but it's not, it's not for me. Once the nail is cut off, the brain doesn't feel it anymore. But as long as you're connected to the body, the brain feels the pain. Sometimes you get a little boo-boo in your hand and the brain feels it. Sometimes you get a boo-boo. I'm saying the word boo-boo, but he uses the word maka. Maka means a wound in your nail and the brain feels it more. So you say, but what is it? This is an inconsequential part of the body. It's not vital. You're right. But if you're connected to the body, the brain feels everything. The brain experiences everything because the brain is connected with everything because the brain is the source of everything. This is all a metaphor. This is a metaphor to understand the integration of the 248 organs of the soul of Adam. Just like there's 248 physical organs, there's 248 spiritual organs in the soul of Adam. So even though every soul has its own organ and every soul represents its own unique chemistry and functionality and purpose, that's all true. But nonetheless, each is included in the other and integrated with the other. Why? Because it's this one brain. And everything ultimately is an evolution. It's a manifestation of that singularity. And that's called Chachmeilah. The Chachmeilah is the divine brain, the divine wisdom of Adam Elyon, which is God's infinite wisdom, Hashem's infinity, which is one with His wisdom. He and His wisdom, as the Rambam says, are one. That's why He calls the Jewish people my child. Just like a child, which begins as a tipa. Tipa is the sperm of life. The procreative substance is called the tipa, the seed of life. And that seed originates in the mayach, in the mind and the brain of the father. We see also, as the Gemara says, the producing of the seed of life has to do with deep awareness and das. So it originates in the mind of the father. 
in the soul of the father, in the brain of the father, and then it develops into a physical seed of life, which then meets up with the egg and hopefully develops into an embryo. So that child begins not as a full-fledged fetus, it begins as a seed, it begins as an egg. And then it develops. That seed is completely one, and it's rooted in the father and in the mother. So the Tzermach Tzedek says the same is true spiritually. Every single soul, just like a fetus, it begins with a seed and an egg, and then it's fleshed out into different organs and different limbs, but it all begins in one source. So he says the same is true with souls. All souls begin with Chachmei La. It's explained at length in Tanya chapter 2. All souls begin in Chachmei La, the divine wisdom that is manifested in Adam's soul. And then this seed of life, this divine wisdom, this Chachma is fleshed out into different Neshamas. After the soul of Adam is divided, is fleshed out, into many roots, into many sources, like many roots of trees. And now every soul, every root, is further divided into many branches, and many sparks, and many different bodies. It's like limbs that are separate. The hands wouldn't feel the wound in the leg, because it's completely separate. But this separateness is only on a physical level. On a soul level, they were never separated. They're still like in one body. They're all connected. It's like the arm that is connected through the veins with the leg, and the eye, and the same is true, the leg is connected to the arm and the hand, the kayotze, everything is connected. And my nerves are connected to you, and part of me is in you, and part of you is in me. So therefore, on a soul level, if there is a pain in the eye, it's experienced by the other parts of the soul, like in the metaphor. So the Tzamech Tzedek is explaining as follows. Imagine, imagine, you have a tree. Every tree has roots. Yeah. The roots are responsible for the, for the nutrients, for, for, the, for the life of the tree, for the vitality of the tree. But the tree is not one. The tree has many branches. And each branch has many different leaves. But they're all connected to the roots. That's all if it's in one tree. If there's another tree, that tree develops its own roots. And that tree develops its own branches. Now, does one tree experience another tree? <laughs> we used to think not. We used to think every tree is on its own. Today, scientists and botanists have discovered, unbelievably, that trees communicate with each other. It's incredible. If a tree is being attacked, so it, not- it notifies nearby trees and they produce noxious, poisonous fumes to expel and get rid of the attackers. So there is communication. But at the surface, we never saw it because this tree is self-contained and this tree is self-contained. So Mokhtadik says, these are metaphors of what's happening with souls as well. All the souls are included in oneness, just like all of your body is included in your brain. And the brain feels the experiences of the entire body. 
But then there's somebody else's body. I can't feel your body. If your hand hurts, I don't know unless you tell it to me. I can't expect, you can't expect me to know what you're feeling right now. You have to tell me. Sometimes people expect that if you're married to each other or your friend, you have to know what the other person is feeling. Gewaldig, but it doesn't work always. I don't know what you're feeling. You have to tell me what you're feeling, right? It's very important. Tell me what you're feeling and I'll know what you're feeling. People expect that you have to finish my sentences. You have to know what I'm feeling at every single moment. If you're in that level, amazing, but not everybody's on that level. <laughs> I would say most people are not on that level, yeah? Especially men and women. You have to tell me what you're feeling. I'll know what you're feeling. You have to tell me what your needs are. People don't like doing that because it's very vulnerable to tell somebody what their needs are. So it's hard to say, oh, this is what I need at the moment. I want you to guess what I need. I can't guess. So the Tzamaq Tzaddik says on a physical level, what happens is everything is one. But the Neshama goes into different bodies. The Neshama gets branched off and it goes into different bodies. So what is it like? It's like you have one root of a tree right? But the tree is branched off into different branches. But those branches are all in one tree. What if it's now branched off into different trees? So you have roots that now get branched off into different trees. At the surface, there's no connection anymore. But that's only on a physical level. On a physical level, part of the soul of Adam went into my body, and part of the soul of Adam went into your body. And it seems like we're disconnected. You are you, and I am I. But the truth is, it's like one child. It's one child. And the one child originates in one essence. And that one essence remains one essence. The question is, if you know how to see things beyond the surface. If you look beyond the surface, you can see we're all limbs of one spiritual organism. We're all connected. I affect you. You affect me. When there's pain in you, it affects me. And when there's joy in you, it affects me in a very, very powerful way. It's like a family. You can't say, I'm disconnected from my brother, I'm disconnected from my sister. What do we have with each other? We used to have one father and one mother. No, it's not we used to have one father and one mother. We have one father and one mother. (laughs) We may have disagreements, we may have different personalities, we may have different habits, we may have different proclivities, we may have different vocations, we may have different idiosyncrasies, even though very often family members have similar idiosyncrasies that they pick up from the house. We're, of course, we're different. And those differences are not bad. The famous expression of the Kotzka, right? Of I am I, because you are you, and you are you, am I, and I am I, that we discussed many times. But nonetheless, the Tzemach Tzedek says, you have to understand something. That on a goof level, if you're only in touch with the external physical facade, it seems like everything is separate. Everyone is separate. You are you, and I am I, and we're disconnected. And why should I feel your pain? If an arm and a leg are in two different organisms, my arm will not feel your leg's pain and my brain won't feel your leg's pain. But he says this separateness is only on the surface. It's only when you're looking from lenses that are external. But if you could see the soul, so what do you see? You see oneness. Now this is so important to understand because this is what a real Jewish leader is. People want to know what's a Rebbe. How do you know who's a real Rebbe? The Hest, how do you know what's a real Rebbe? A real Rebbe is somebody who sees everything, all the bodies, and he sees one. He sees oneness. Oneness doesn't mean that everybody is the same. Don't get confused, just like in a healthy body. A healthy body doesn't mean that every limb is the same. Chas <laughs> Every limb has to be different. 
But a real leader is like a brain. It says, Rebbe is Rosh Bnei Yisrael. It's like a brain. The brain sees the unity, like Hashem. Hashem doesn't say, you're my child more than you're my child. The mother doesn't say, you're my first child. You're my real child. You're my second child. You're not a real child anymore. There's no such a thing. The mother sees the oneness. It doesn't mean all the children are the same. Oh, no, no. We all know that. No children are the same. Every child is different. But they're all part of oneness. Now, what does this mean? You know, a nice example for this would be a conductor. You ever went to a symphony or a concerto? You have a conductor. The conductor, there may be uh, 300 musicians, right? 400 musicians. Everyone is doing their thing. You're playing the violin and you're playing the cello and you're playing the piano and you're on the drums and you're on the harp and you're on the guitar. Everyone is playing their unique instrument. But the conductor doesn't see them as 300 separate people, each one doing their own thing. No. Lam natseyach livnei koirach mizmer. Lam natseyach alayelas hashachar. Lam natseyach ledavid. You know what a menatseyach is? Echem ne menatseyach banglit. Menatseyach is a conductor. For him, it's all like one organism. Everybody's playing a singular ballad, a singular song, a singular symphony through your instrument. You have your place and your position. And the only way he can do it is if he's silent. The conductor never says a word. He sweats, he runs around, he sways his hand. He, <laughs> he's sweating, he's sweating bullets, but he doesn't say a word because his job is not to be another person. His job is to embody the unity, the synchronization, the symmetry, the direction, the destiny, the oneness. Like the brain which doesn't see the body as separate entities and is trying to make peace between them. No. He sees l'chatchila, the oneness, and everyone facilitates that oneness of life, that perspective, that mission of life. It facilitates it through its unique vocation, its unique chemistry. The heart does its job, and the kidney does its job, and the intestines do their job. The larger intestines do their job. Smaller intestines do their job. And the procreative organ does its function and the legs have their function. And of course, the nose and the eyes and the ears, everyone with its unique function, the internal organs, the external organs, the lifelines, etc. So the Tzamech Tzedek continues, Now we'll understand what we learned before Abchayim Vital says that his teacher used to go through all the confessions, even though it was completely not reflective of his life. Why are you confessing something that you never did? I'll call you today and I say, I'm sorry for insulting you. I didn't insult you. Why is Darizal confessing? It's not a joke. He has nothing better to do. The answer is, the answer is that Darizal did not see the souls as separate. Darizal saw them as part of oneness, as a superorganism. And therefore, there is a limb in which this soul is rooted. This soul embodies a certain spiritual limb. For Darizal, that's part of him. That limb is part of him. He felt that pain in his limb in which his soul is rooted. 
Just like in my brain, I'm going to experience what is happening in every single part of the brain. I'm not going to say, what's my business? I'm in my head. What, what do I care what's happening in my leg? I care very much what's happening in my leg. Because we're connected. And it's true. Also in the positive. Your joy is my joy. Your celebration is my celebration. And this doesn't mean I am you and you're me. This doesn't take away my individual responsibility and my individual contribution. Just like in the body. The heart doesn't say, oh, I'm one with the brain, so let me stop functioning as a heart. Let the brain pump the blood. Good luck. Or the legs turns to the lungs and say, oh, I'm part of you, right? So what do you need legs? Let the lungs walk. Good luck. <laughs> or the ears will turn to the nose and say, we're one. So you do the smelling. What do I have to... You, you do the hearing. Good luck. Let your nose hear. And the eyes will tell the ears, you're so good, you hear all the music, so why don't you watch everything too? So the ears will do the, will, will, will work instead of the eyes. It's a very important distinction between distinctiveness and separation. Completely different. There's ischalkus and there's machleikus. The soul was rooted in a higher organ, and that organ felt the pain in the other organs. Especially when you go back to the brain, when you go back to the source of all the souls. What's the source? The brain of the father, the mind of the father, the tip of the sperm of the father which represents Hashem's Chachma, which includes all the souls, and feels the experience of every single Neshama. That's the vision of the conductor who sees all the musicians, but is a superorganism. So you could look at millions of people, but you see oneness. And there's no such a thing saying, oh, this Jew, I don't care about you. You're disconnected from me. You're not part of my kehila. You're not part of my community. <laughs> If you're a brain, you can't do that. If you're a brain, you don't do that. You take responsibility. Why? Because you're part of me. Says Darizal, this is the secret, this is the soul behind the mitzvah. We were commanded to love every Jew. Why? Explain to me why. I can understand my brother, my sister, my father, my mother, my child, maybe my cousin. <laughs> the Baal Shem Tev used to say, the mitzvah of Avaz Yisrael is even to a Jew that you never saw in your life. I would say that the mitzvah of Avaz Yisrael is sometimes even to a Jew that you saw your whole life. Sometimes it's easier to love somebody you never saw. <laughs> It's also to the Jew that you saw your whole life, right? <laughs> Why? Why should I love you? Why should I love every Jew? So that Samach Tzedek says, listen to these words. Sharei kol adam kolul mikol neshamas Yisrael. It's really the ultimate of the truth that every single person is encompassed, encompasses all neshamas Yisrael. Kanal menei as we discussed when it comes to an organism. So loving you is also a form of loving me. Wow. What the Tzemach Tzedek is saying is, you know, we talk about self-love, loving yourself. The Tzemach Tzedek says, you know, there's loving yourself as in 
narcissistic self-love. I just love me. But there's a much deeper self-love. Self-love means you love your true self. You love your soul. You love your essence. And you are part of my soul. (laughs) So if I really love me, I love you. Because in me there is you. What a beautiful way to describe what Avas Yisrael is. Discuss this in a marriage. What does a marriage mean? You love another person. Why should you love the other person? Well, you're living together. I hope so. I understand. But what's the essence of it? The essence of it is when I realize that my me is not just limited to my me. There is a we. My I encompasses you. And your you encompasses I. So my love to you is not just I love you because I'm such a nice person. It's the ultimate in self-love. Self-love in a very healthy, meaningful, and productive way. Because myself is not just a small, tiny, little self that's connected to my own little orbit and my own little circle. So the Samach says, You exist inside of me. So you love the other like you love yourself. And I am in you. Part of you is me. Part of me is you. So if I disengage from you, if I just detach from you, who am I detaching from? I'm not just detaching from you. I'm also detaching from myself. For me to win, you got to win. And if you lose, I also lose. Sometimes people are in a relationship and it's always who's going to win? I'm going to win. You're going to win. I'm right. You're right. He says, no, no, go away from that. We need to be able to develop and cultivate a larger consciousness of oneness. This is the consciousness of Pnimiyus Atayra. This is the consciousness of Nista. This is the consciousness of Chsidis. This is the consciousness of Geula. This is the consciousness of real Avaz Yisrael. What is it? It's a holistic perspective of oneness. Don't live in a world of fragmentation. And again, oneness doesn't mean sameness. Oneness doesn't mean uniformity. But oneness means that we are deeply connected to each other. Your energy is part of my energy. In fact, I need your energy. I need your music. My song could never resonate fully without your song. Kanal just like we spoke about the connection and interconnectivity of all the limbs and the organs. And that's why the Arizal taught that before you daven, you should accept this mitzvah. Why? Wow. What's davening? What is davening? Davening is that your soul is going up into oneness. Your soul is being dedicated to echad. Your soul is ascending to Hashem, so to speak. You're tuning in to oneness, you're standing in front of Hashem, it's called Mayan Nukvin, which means feminine waters, which is an expression of the of the arousal from below, when a soul is trying to grow. So he says, the soul cannot show up if it's not healthy. You know, when you're not healthy, when you're not in a good space, you can't really show up, because I'm blemished, I'm wounded. So he says, if I have hate in my heart, 
If I have hate in my heart, I can't show up. Because my soul is like broken. It's broken. Why is it broken? Because if my soul is healthy, it's connected to all the other souls. It's like a nebuch, a body that's mutilated, God forbid. Or a body that's blemished, a body that's wounded. You need healing. So the Tzemach Tzedek says, for the soul to come up, for the soul to experience its oneness, it has to be one. It has to be healthy, which means it needs to encompass all the souls, just like a limb. When is the limb healthy? If the blood circulation is not traveling to all the limbs, if the limb says, I don't care about the blood circulation in the other limbs, this limb is also affected. Because what does it mean to go up before Hashem? You're going up to the source. And if you go to the source and you say, sorry, I'm disconnected from some parts, you're not going to the source. If you're going back to Chachma, Tefillah is connecting with the brain of the universe, with the brain of the cosmos. And if you're connecting with the brain of the cosmos, if you're connecting with Chachmasa Yisbarach, over there all the souls have a place. All the souls have a song. All the souls have a role. You see, how can the soul go back to the source? Because each soul has everything. Each soul has everything. Each soul is integrated from every single other soul, and therefore you can go back to the ultimate light that includes everything. Unbelievable words of the Tzemach Tzedek. How can I go back to the collective light, to the Ein Soiv that includes everything? Only when I find that oneness in myself. Because I have that oneness in myself, I can go back to that ultimate oneness. So when a person can show and demonstrate and breathe this experience, that I cherish you, I respect you, I love you, I like you, like limbs that are connected, shali shalach, what is mine is yours, why? Because we are really one, now I can show up for davening. But if I hate you, what am I really doing? Um, me, he says, I'm amputating a part of myself. You have to understand what this means. When I'm living with hate, now hate doesn't mean disagreement, hate doesn't mean I, don't, I disagree with you. Hate also doesn't mean that I have to talk to you about something that's bothering me. That's not hate. Hate means I reject you. I delete you from my life. You're out of my book. <laughs> You're gone. I simply live with this negativity towards you. He says you're separating from your soul a certain part of it. The part of the other Jew that lives in your soul, that is connected to your soul. This hatred is essentially a form of spiritual amputation. So what happens? I become a Balmum. I become blemished. I'm a Balmum. It's like, you, you know, somebody says that, you know, living with grudges is inhaling poison and hoping that your enemy is going to be affected. <laughs> I'm the one who inhaled the poison. That's what, right? It's like grudges, like you put yourself on fire and you hope that your enemy will be burnt in the arson and the fire. 
If it's a machzedek says, I become a balmum, I become a blemished person. Because I can't make peace with myself. You'll say, but this person did so and so to me. So there's a process in halach of how we deal with that. I try to talk to you. This is also not about not having boundaries. Sometimes you need boundaries, very good boundaries. But this is about living with hate. Every individual spiritual limb includes all 613 limbs and organs. Because my fellow, you are integrated inside of me and I'm integrated inside of you. But hatred, hatred detaches, it separates. I become a fragmented person, I become a broken person because I amputate that dimension and now I can't ascend before God could exceed as the Pasuk says in Emmer. Wow. If something, if an animal has a blemish, it can't become a carbon. So if I want to go up to God and I'm a Balmum, why am I a Balmum? Because I chopped off you, I chopped off you, I chopped off you, I chopped off you, I chopped off you. My soul is completely blemished. How can I now face God? I can't. For me to go up to God, my soul has to be full. It has to show up, full presence. And it can't be a Balmum. If it's going to the source that includes everything, I have to go with everything. I can't say, oh, I'm going to my brain, but I'm not bringing you part of the body because I hate it. The brain says, then you can't come to me. In my space, there's room for everybody and everything. I'm the conductor. Lam in this brain, there's room for everything. In this space, every Jew has place. And that's what real leadership is. A real Rebbe is a brain of Klal Yisrael. So every Jew is a home there. Every Jew can find a home there. I told you, how do you know a real Rebbe? How do you know a real Rebbe? What's a real, real Rebbe? I'm not just talking about a nice person, a fine person. A brain, a brain of Klal Yisrael. In other words... A place, a person in where every Jew finds themselves. There's space for me. Space for me in my full, colorful identity. And if I need to detach from you, I'm a Balmum. Do you hear the words of the Tzemach Tzedek? Ein Saif includes everybody and everything. So Ein Saif could not tolerate when you amputated part of yourself because he says, if I'm Ein Saif, there's room for everybody. Imagine you come to me and you say, Rabbi, why, why? I want to have a relationship with you. I want to come to your home. I want to spend time with you. But make sure that some of your children are not there. <laughs> I can't look at some of your children. Make sure your spouse is not there. I can't look at your spouse. Somebody tells you, I love you, but I hate your kids. <laughs> I love some of your kids, but I hate some of your other kids. So you don't want a relationship with me. You want a relationship with some fictional me. God says, you want a relationship with me, or you want a relationship with your trauma? Only. If you want a relationship with me, with Ain't Saif, Ain't Saif is Ain't Saif. Ain't Saif is infinity. Infinity encompasses everybody and everything. How do you amputate certain souls? 
Wow, that's why there's quite a few numerous mitzvahs about not offering blemishes, blemished, blemished people or blemished animals. Koyanim who are blemished and animals, karbonas that are blemished, discussed in Parshas Emer. And we have a positive mitzvah to offer to God only a whole carbon. It has to be wholesome. Why? What does Hashem care if I offer a blemished animal? What, what's going to happen? The steak won't be good. And the kayan is blemished. What does God care? It has to be a carbon tamim. The kayan has to be whole. So Machtzadik says, no, the physical is a reflection of the spiritual. When there's a carbon abalmum, it represents that not every limb is welcome. We're not blaming the animal. It's not that the animal is guilty. The animal is a fine animal. The kayan is a fine kayan. But the physical is a mirror of the spiritual. For me to show up to Hashem, for me to show up for davening, for me to show up to the Ein Soif, I have to be able to make peace with all the parts in myself. I have to become Ein Soif. I have to be able to be all-encompassing. I have to find harmony and peace of mind in my own system. And that means I have to be able to create space for you, for your music. Because if I detach myself from your music, I'm detaching myself from me. I become a Balmum. I'm blemished because our souls are one, even though the body, each body contains an aspect of Adam's soul, but those who have more spiritual sensitivity experience the oneness. And that's what a Balmum is. A Balmum is, God forbid, I chop off and I get rid of a part of my body. I'm a blemished person, and that's a tragedy. What is a Balmum spiritually? Hatred. I cannot make space in my soul for you. Again, this doesn't mean I don't have a disagreement. I may have a disagreement. I may have something that I have to work through. I may have a difficulty. I may have a challenge. I get it. I need to talk about it with you. I need to talk about it with somebody else. Can it be resolved? Can it not be resolved? There's boundaries you have to make. That's all That's all fine. That's not a bad thing. Boundaries are not bad things. The body also needs boundaries. <laughs> the brain has boundaries. The heart has boundaries. Everything needs boundaries. If my stomach becomes too big and goes beyond the boundaries, it's not good. It's called obesity. Everything needs boundaries. But boundaries is not hatred. Boundaries is respect. Boundaries is allowing another person to do their job so that you could do your job. That's not hatred. Hatred is there's no space in my soul for you. That's what it means. I cut you off. I reject you. You are out of my life. Hashem says, ain't safe includes everything. So Darizal said, before davening, you want to show up for davening? This is what you should say. And meditate on it. Genuinely embrace it. And if you know the Alter Rebbe, those who daven in the Nusach of the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, he put it into his Siddur. Right before Matoivu, before Adonai Lam, Adonai Lam, right before Matoivu, after brachas, after the morning brachas, the Alter Rebbe put in, Nochen loimar koidem atfila, hareni mekabala la mitzvah saseh, shalva hafta l'recha kamaycha. Before davening, one should say, I accept upon myself the mitzvah of loving. Another person. To give a practical example, this I heard once from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said it at in the name of his father-in-law, who said it in the name of the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe. It just brings it out in a very practical and moving way. 
he said very moving words. He said, the greatest pain for parents is when their children don't get along with each other. You know, when you're a father and you see one boy doesn't talk to his brother and a sister doesn't talk to her sister, it's very painful for parents. The greatest joy for parents is when they see all the siblings care for each other. The siblings are here for each other. There's no joy like that joy. So the Rebbe said as follows. When you're going to Davin, you're asking Hashem, you're asking your father and mother for something. If you come to Hashem and you say, listen, I want to speak to you, but you know what? I hate my brother, I hate my sister. He says it creates such pain for Hashem, he can't even listen. He says, so before davening, you tell Hashem, I love my brother, I love my sister. We get along, we're fine, I love them. Ah, geschmack. God Kevayachal opens up, the Rebbeinu Shalala opens up, he says, now you can daven. <laughs> okay, this is the first chapter of Mitzvah's Avos Yisrael, with the Tzemach that gave us the Chesidish, the Chesidus of Avos Yisrael. Avos Yisrael is a mitzvah, to love another Jew. But the Tzemach revealed to us the pnimius of the mitzvah, the internal dimension of the mitzvah. It's not just you love another person because it's nice. It's rather about this deep, deep interconnectivity that we have when we're sensitive to the reality of the soul. And Be'ezer Hashem, Thursday morning, 7.30, we're going to continue with chapter 2. And to remind you that tomorrow we'll have the women's class 12.45 in person, 24 Shea Road, it's going to be live-streamed on the yeshiva.net. And please also remember and tell your friends that next week, Monday, we begin our morning classes live in person, 7.45 a.m., 18 for Shea Road, which will also be streamed live on the yeshiva.net. So this is the last week of the morning Hasidus classes virtually. I mean, it's still going to be virtually, but it's going to be also in person. So those of you who are out of town, I hope you're still going to join us. But next Monday, 7.45, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, we're going to be learning 18 for Shea downstairs, 7.45 till 8.30. It's going to start next Monday. So this Thursday, we're still here on Zoom. And next Monday, we're going to start in person, 18 for Shea Road. Everybody's invited, and it will be streamed live as well on the yeshiva.net and YouTube. Wishing you all a beautiful day, a beautiful week. On a good chaydish, a freilich chaydish, chaydish ear, ani Hashem roifecha. Thank you. So then again, it's Oschalkus and Machloikus, so what is the difference? Machloikus is strife. Oschalkus means every person has a different uh, avayda. Um, doesn't mean you agree with a person's opinion always, but what do you have to hate them for? My, bo- my, part, of my a part of my body may be experiencing an infection. I don't start hating it. I try to heal the infection. When a sperm and an egg unite, it makes one cell. That one cell divides first into two. And then those two divide into four, etc., etc. The first organ produced by this is the brain. And then the development process of the body continues down, producing the spinal cord, which extends and sends out spinal nerves. At the ends of the branches of the spinal nerves, all the rest of the body is formed at the nerve endings. Exactly. And that's why we're explaining that it's really oneness that gets branched out into details. There's the sperm, there's the egg, and you have that one singular cell that represents Hashem's wisdom. And then it branches out and develops 
and to every nerve and every nerve ending and ultimately every single part of the body. You're asking, doesn't it say, doesn't it say that certain people you're supposed to hate or you have to hate or you're allowed to hate? So there are exceptions, but you have to be very careful. <laughs> With those exceptions, you have to be careful. Take a look in Tanya chapter 32. Tanya chapter 32, he discusses it at length. Somebody says, do I need all of this explaining and minutia to justify love of another, or is this to explain to me why I feel empty sad if I'm not getting along? I think both are very true. We understand that love of another Jew is really the most organic and healthy spiritual state. When I'm in a healthy posture, you know, when my body is in a good space, there is a sense of oneness. The whole body is united. When I'm in a healthy spiritual space, I don't want to be blemished. I see another Jew and I smile. <laughs> and it also explains why that, that's the real idea. You know, when you, get, when you understand this, you see another Jew and you start smiling. Just like when you see your wife or you see your husband, you start smiling, right? Do you? The Baron. When you see your wife, you start smiling. Even when you see me, you start smiling. Certainly when you see your wife, you start smiling. You see your child, you see your child, you start smiling. The Baal Shem Tov says, Every Jew is sweet for another Jew. It's like this sugar you put into your coffee, you know? The sugar cubes, remember the Russians would, would sip their teas with sugar cubes? Some of you had Russian grandparents. Another Jew is like a sugar cube. Ah, I'm drinking a coffee, I see a Jew, I don't need sugar anymore. Call Yisrael, I rave him, I rave him for the word sweet. So I think both are very true. Somebody says, the brain is the conductor of all the instruments, beautifully. All the limbs are like instruments. And then there is the story of the conductor who could detect that one instrument out of a hundred was missing. Yes. Um, Arturo Toscanini. Arturo Toscanini. The Italian conductor died in 1959. There's a story about him that he knew that one instrument was missing. He heard it. He heard a, a, a symphony through the ear, through a, a shortwave, I think, radio in the 1950s. Beautiful. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was a huge bass drum, you know? So it wasn't so hard to hear, but. They say it was a violin. They say it was a violin. Does this mean that every Jew is a support system for another Jew? Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. So Dr. Simch is explaining to us the spiritual origin of phantom pain. Sometimes, chas v'shalem, I knew an Israeli soldier who lost his arm in Gaza. And he described to me years later how he still feels, he still, he still feels pain in the arm, even though it's not there, because the source of the arm and the brain is very much there. <laughs> and the, pa- the pain you feel in the brain. And spiritually, we understand what that means. Every limb is part of Adam Kadmain. And therefore, Adam Kadmain experiences that limb, even, even when it's missing. Yes, exactly. As somebody wrote, how did somebody wrote here, how do you divide your love among your children? Somebody asked a, a woman, how do you divide your love among four children? She said, I don't divide it, I multiply it. Another person wrote, if I'm okay, you're okay. How we feel about ourselves reflects how we see and feel about other people. And it's really true, because if, 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 if you're feeling okay, 
you know, inside yourself, what happens? You know, if I'm okay, you're okay. Because the way I feel about me ultimately will be projected in the way I feel about you. And the truth is, it's not just subjective because there's, there's, there's a real connection. And the you, I begin to know from me. And in a very powerful way, that connection has a very powerful impact on so many levels. There's a metaphor somebody asks. Ask a parent which they prefer. Number one, all their children get along, but disrespect and dishonor the parent. Or two, all the children honor and respect the parents, but they don't get along. Interesting. I'm going to wish you all a beautiful day and a day filled with love and a day filled with light and a day filled with blessings. Thanks, Rabbi. And a beautiful month to you and to all of us. You mean Hechaltsu? You mean Hechaltsu? What are you referring to? Yeah, so Hechaltsu is a mimer. It's not a whole book, but it's a very long mimer. And it's... Uh, it's based on a mimer in Lakuta Torah by the Balatanya. Hechaltsu is a posik in Parshas Matos. Hechaltsu me'itchem. And that's a discourse from the Balatanya in Lakuta Torah, Parshas Matos. And this mimer in Derech Mitzvah is partially based on some ideas of that mimer. And the mimer Hechaltsu of the Rebbe Rashab is also based on that mimer, but with many, many more additions. So there is some overlap of some ideas and also many new ideas over there. What this Maimer teaches us, that Avas Yisrael is not a, just a nice activity or some mitzvah, you know, take care of each other and be a man, but it really, it really defines the organic state of Klal Yisrael, individually and collectively. Or to put it differently, it's the most natural, emotional posture to be in. It's like you're a doctor, you know, when a person comes to you, what you want is the entire body to work in symmetry and synchronization with every part of the body connecting fully to every other part of the body. If not, there is what we call illness. Spiritually, hatred is that form of illness where I become a blemished person because I can't make peace with all parts of me. So Avas Yisrael is not just loving you, it's also loving me. But loving me in the best way possible. It's loving the full me. Right, like shalom bayis, peace in a marriage is not just for the sake of your spouse; it's for everybody's sake. It's for your sake also, because you're one. So if I'm disconnected from you, I'm disconnected from me. If I hate you, I hate me. I hate the real me, unless I'm just in love with my superficial me. If I'm in love with my superficial me, then I can hate you and love me because I don't really love me. But if I really love me, if I'm really connected to my inner core, there's no room to hate you. On the contrary. We become connected, even if we're different people. This is an energy. It's a certain energy. Now you can hear throughout the generations, including in our generation, different people speak about Avis Yisrael. And you can hear the energy. You can hear somebody who lives with this consciousness. You could feel how they speak about the Jewish people. How they speak about different types of people. You know, there's a, something, there's an energy that resonates. Okay, guys, have a beautiful day. You know, I think that uh, ultimately, as the Rambam says, the Jewish people 
have that power to affect the world, and it's our responsibility to affect the world. So we do want to always focus on bringing peace between nations and cultures and religions. But when we are really at peace with each other, I think by osmosis and many other methods, it really gets transferred to the whole world. Because the vision of Geula is a vision of unity in the whole world. Like we say in the, every day in Aleinu, you know, that the whole world, L'saken Oilam B'malchus Shindal Adyud, V'chol B'nei Vasa Yikru V'yishmecha, you know, Yakiru V'yedu Kol Yosh V'yishmecha, the whole world will recognize the oneness. You know, K'amalchus Shalchahi, V'yoymo Yiyah Shem Echad U'shmoy Echad. So that's the ultimate vision of Judaism, that the whole world will be united. It starts off within ourselves because the unity of the Jewish people is like the unity of the brain. And then ultimately the entire body gets affected. Because on many levels, the whole cosmos is one body. And all people are one body. You know, it's on different levels. There's, in spirituality, there's different levels. So on one level, all the Jews are one body. On another level, all people are one body. On another level, the entire planet is one body. It says in Avazir Ibn Asim, the whole planet is one goof. And the whole cosmos is one goof. And all of the universes are one. And ultimately, it's all rooted in oneness, in Ain Saif. So when we create unity within ourselves, the energy travels and ultimately affects the world. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.